0: 7 a.m. on the West Coast. 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. Good morning, America. It's 2 p.m. in London, 7.30 in Mumbai, India. It's 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan. And in Malaysia, it's 1967. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. (laughs) I'm laughing because right as I get ready to click the camera shot, (laughs) something moves and my other monitor, I have two monitors here. My other monitor goes backwards, like it's going to fall off and go crashing to the floor. And it would have to stop because, I mean, I would just go live anyway, and you get to see what happens. But uh, if that is not a good thing if that monitor dies. Or or it falls. So anyway, it didn't fall. It's still there, and I'm still okay. Ah, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm telling you. If it weren't for bad luck, this show wouldn't have any at all. We do have some good luck, though. Uh, Right off the start, uh, thank you to all the folks who are watching live on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv Live, and Rumble.com. We love you, Rumble. Thanks. Check us out. If you don't have a uh, a membership over at Rumble, it's free. You just sign up. It costs you nothing. And it's a very cool site. It is censorship free. You can say what you want. You don't get banned like all those other moron platforms. But anyway, Rumble.com, please do check it out and subscribe. Uh, Jay Sheldon is uh, where you'll find us over there. Uh, you'll either see my ugly mug or that logo and check it out. Give us a subscribe, but that's not the uh, amazing news. The amazing news is our podcast. Oh my God. Uh, You guys, (laughs) we're almost there. We've got 850 something uh, weekly average downloads. And like I said, I know that's not a big giant number, but it's big for us. We're a little tiny show. We come out three days a week. Our audio is our podcast, and over 850 of you guys are subscribed and download our show every week. We cannot thank you enough. I'm so humbled by that. And we're less than 150 away from 1,000, which is what we're trying to get to. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7, Podbean, wherever it might be, we're there. Give us a search. Either search, I'm not wearing pants, look for this logo, or Jay Sheldon, look for that logo. Just hit follow or subscribe. Some platforms like Spotify say follow, some say subscribe. Anyway, it's free, and it doesn't cost you a dime. It'll get you our show three days a week as a podcast and give you something to listen to, I guess, while you're out on your jog or doing your housework or whatever, but uh, it's amazing thank you so much we are on a we are on a quest to hit that 1000 mark it's just a personal goal for me and it means the world and i cannot thank you enough we're up over 850 uh right now so that's fantastic thank you so much all right let's move on up and head over to this little lady we got an update miko update yes miko update She is great. She had a wicked weekend. Uh, Yeah, this being Monday, uh, start of the work week. But this weekend, it was full of stuff with Miko. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, let me pop over here and here we go. (laughs) That's a shot I just took this afternoon, as a matter of fact. Um, So, yeah, she's uh, (laughs) she's doing really well. She had a great time uh, at uh, we went to the park. Let me just scroll down here. Uh, This is me at a recording I did earlier today. Uh, There we go. All right. There's the little lady. We went to this park at Setia Eco Park, and she had a ball. They've got a space all fenced in, set aside for pets. And uh, we met another Sheba there, of course, and had a great time. But after that, right next door at the Setia Convention Center, I forget, uh, Setia Eco Park Convention Center, um, something like that, uh, they had this giant expo and we went pets were welcome so we brought miko and you see here there's some sort of a parrot i guess that is and Miko was fascinated by this parrot that kept going whack whack and squawking and every time miko would like what's that (laughs) so it was amazing uh there she is up on the stage uh center stage pet fiesta is what it was called at the uh, Setia Convention Center in Sha'alam. Uh, that's me in this uh, walled-off, fenced-off area of the park with, uh, with Miko. There she is. On a, that's a nice shot. I like that. Uh, there, with the fountain in the background. Always smiling, of course. There she is again with uh, little old me. And just a note, I am wearing pants in this uh, shot. Back on the stage she is. Check this out. There was a little Shetland pony, and she was fascinated by this thing. You know, I I showed a picture before of her where she got to see a full-grown horse, and she didn't know what to make of it. But when she saw this one, who's she's almost as big as it it was, uh, she was, look at the look on her face. It's like, what the hell is that? (laughs) And this thing, I can't. Don't know what breed this dog is. My significant other thinks it's a uh, pit bull, but I think it's too big for a pit bull. It's like it's this—it's huge. In fact, this picture is a bit deceptive. Um, you can—you—you you just can't tell this. I would guess this thing is at least like a hundred pounds. It's enormous. There were several of them there, and uh, very friendly, very docile. But man, Miko looked, took one look at that thing and was like, "Uh-uh." Not going there. So anyway, we had a fantastic time, and it was great. She thoroughly enjoyed herself. I uh, was a bit nervous because there's thousands of people in this convention center, and this poor little Miko is like, you know, seeing everything from ground level, just a bunch of feet and legs. But so many people wanted to uh, give her a pet, say hi, and uh, it's so nice. A lot of people, would they would ask first, is it okay if I pet her? Usually we say yes, of course, no problem, as long as you're okay with it. She loves to be pet, petted. She loves the uh, she loves the attention. So yeah, all kinds of folks uh, stopped by and gave Miko a hello. <laughs> all right, we promised you a slap tonight. Well, yeah, the Oscars were last night, at least. Yeah, last night, I guess, for everybody on the planet. Now, I know in the U.S., it's still morning over there. But last night, the Oscars happened. Nobody really cares. There was all kinds of controversy about a bunch of uh, uh, categories that got left out of the broadcast. Everyone was protesting. Uh, There was all kinds of, you know, no one gives a crap about these award shows anymore, particularly things like the Oscars, which has just turned into one ridiculous political speech crap uh so of course they had to do something to get your attention and something they did uh my take on this i'm sorry but i just can't help thinking it was fixed it was set up it was predestined uh i don't have the uh, audio to play for you but you can look at the video here where uh Chris Rock is making a joke there. Will Smith is laughing about it. You've probably seen this footage a million times. There he is laughing again. And uh, makes a joke about uh, G.I. Jane and his uh, Will Smith's wife. And then Will Smith, you'll see here in the video, comes walking up on the stage and smack, gives Chris Rock a slap, walks off the stage, and then yells a couple of times, Keep my wife out of your effin' mouth. Yeah, uh, there he is. Like I said, the Oscars audience has been incredibly low for the longest time. And they really do need something to get your attention. And a show that would have gotten a much smaller audience is now all over the news, everybody's talking about it, including me, where normally I wouldn't even have mentioned the Oscars if this hadn't have happened, but uh, here I am talking about it, showing you footage of this incident, which I'm sorry I, I just i'm I'm suspicious anyway of any of these kind of things, and to me a it looks staged b it sure did help the ratings. Ryan says you should bring her merch to sell when you bring her around. Hey, that's a good idea. Very good idea, Ryan. I love that. Not a bad idea. Bring the Miko show merch when, when you know, people can buy it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Great idea. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back to the uh, Will Smith slap on uh, Chris Rock. Uh, There have been all kinds of, uh, in fact, my Twitter feed is loaded with nothing but that. So there it goes to show you the publicity is working. I, I love what Cernovich said, though. In fact, I retweeted it just a little bit ago. Will Smith committed a violent crime, took no responsibility, and then blamed it on his feelings. The perfect encapsulation of our times. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, A couple of other funny ones that have uh, been posted. Glad Chris uh, Rock didn't tell a joke about Alec Baldwin's wife. (laughs) Uh, Will Smith's marriage is open to everything except jokes. Uh, It goes on and on. I would say Will Smith hits like a girl, but I'm not a biologist. Thanks, Tim Young. (laughs) Anyway, uh, there's a ton of them. If you have Twitter, uh, no doubt your feed is full of these things. There's been memes coming out uh, of the slap and everything else. So, you know, it's all over. But what summed it up probably the best is a public post that a good friend of mine, Patrick Tio, made. Again, this is a public post. Anyone can see it, so I'm not telling stories out of school. But uh, Patrick is a very famous uh, radio announcer from days gone by and a amazing actor. Uh, I don't think I've ever had the pleasure of working across from Patrick Till, but I'd love to one of these days. Patrick's a dear friend and uh, an amazing talent also. And uh, he really summed up kind of what I'm feeling at this moment. And let me, let me share that with you. Again, it's a public post. Uh, So we've all now probably seen the video of Will Smith going on stage and slapping Chris Rock for making a joke about his wife. Initially, Smith laughed along and then decided, prompted or otherwise, it was inappropriate enough to warrant a violent reaction. This event seen on TV and around the world by millions, and now the dangerous question is... Will other audiences at com- comedy shows think that it's perfectly acceptable reaction to a comedian's jokes to resort to violence on stage? It's a very good question, Patrick, and one that sadly needs to be answered. Um, yeah, uh, there's a bunch of comments, most in support of what Patrick said, and uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, some people have asked, has, been, has he been charged with assault? Uh, Actually, he carried through with that and made contact. So, yes, it would be an assault, but more importantly, it would be a battery. The difference between assault and battery in most countries is that if I threaten to hit you, but I don't hit you, that's an assault. If you felt you were in danger. If I actually hit you, that's a battery charge. That's a bit more serious. They're both serious. But nevertheless... Uh, And I can't encourage you enough, by the way, to read Leon Tan's comment. It's, again, a public comment. Uh, I'm not going to read it for you here, but read it. The the link is in our show notes. That's our description down below. You'll find the Chris Rock video. You'll find this post by Patrick. And uh, I encourage you to uh, check out the link and especially look through the comments for the comments from uh, Leon Tan, who did a, a brilliant breakdown of what it's all about. Yeah. Quite, quite well, well, well said, well written. All right. What else we got going on here tonight? Uh, Oh, man. Yeah, we were talking about uh, my former career in law enforcement for uh, three years. I was an internal affairs detective. Uh, The internal affairs department is basically the police for the police. Uh, You know, the police watch over you, the public, but who watches over them? Internal Affairs, or IAD, Internal Affairs Department. Uh, and that's what I did for three years of my career with the Monroe County Sheriff's Department under Sheriff Rick Roth. Uh, in the case of Internal Affairs, you only have one boss. That's the sheriff. You answer directly to the sheriff. Uh, of course, we have a lieutenant who runs a department. We answer to her. In our case, it was a her, Lieutenant Cindy Perriam. Miss you, babe. And uh, but the department answers only to the sheriff because we've we're investigating his deputy sheriffs or his corrections officers. Um, this story showed up from World of Buzz, and these numbers are insane. Check this out. There's a link in our show notes if you want to read the whole article. It's from the great folks at World of Buzz. The PDRM, which if you're not in Malaysia, stands for Police de Raja Malaysia, which is the Royal Malaysian Police. 1,571 police officers and personnel subjected to disciplinary action in 2021. Over 1,500. Now, Granted, the Monroe County Sheriff's Department is not a huge department, but I don't think we even got 500 complaints a year. In fact, I'm sure we didn't even get 500 complaints a year. And the Monroe County Sheriff's Department covers from the very tip of Florida all the way through the island chains. It's called the Florida Keys, Monroe County. This is insane check out this article. Uh, that's a lot. And you know, I noticed these 1,500 over police officers were subjected to disciplinary action. That's got to mean that the uh, internal affairs department for the Malaysian police must have investigated what, two, three, four, five times that many complaints resulting in because I'll tell you, as a former internal affairs detective, um, probably 80 to 90% of the complaints are unfounded. Uh, 10 20% founded. Cops lose their jobs, cops wind up going to jail sometimes. But um, we get a lot of complaints. But this is insane. Bukit Aman Integrity and Standards Compliance Department, which would be similar to the Internal Affairs Department, the Director Datuk Azri Ahmad today revealed a total of 1571 police officers and personnel subjected to disciplinary action throughout the last year. Among the offenses included uh, visiting entertainment centers, not declaring assets, marrying without approval from superiors. Really? You need to get an approval to get married? Okay, maybe these rules are a little absurd. Uh, Refusing to accept reports and more. Wow. Uh, The the JIPS director said the department would be strengthening the integrity of PDRM personnel by focusing on six areas. Uh, Governance, policing, compliant management, intelligence and operations investigation, compliance, again, and religious and counseling. Now, why they would include religious and counseling is beyond me, but you do you. Uh, Anyway, so they're supposedly going to try and kick it in the butt and make things better because that number is huge. Wow, that's insane. There are a lot of good cops out there, including in Malaysia. No doubt about it. We have featured some of them, some of the articles about them here on our show. When we get good news, we try and share that good news because having formerly been in law enforcement, I can appreciate how people don't tend to respect the cops. And in some cases, it's well-deserved disrespect. But in a lot of cases, not. I would be the first to jump to the defense of a police department, without a doubt. And not just because I'm f- formerly in law enforcement. Because I have that behind this, way behind-the-scenes uh, aspect perspective of having been in uh, the Internal Affairs Department and having seen it. Everybody likes to complain about the police. Everybody. All right. On to something else from World of Buzz. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember a few shows back we did the story about the stupid BOMOs that people here in Malaysia believe, I mean, some of the most respected people I know. Some of the most respected people I know who are smart and intelligent believe this crap. I mean, with their whole heart and soul, believe that these BOMOs actually have some sort of power or influence over things like the weather. Uh, Anyway, I'll get to this in a second. Ryan says, I may not know much about the police policy, but as a Malaysian, this investigation is sus as the election is coming. Maybe. Maybe. Good point. Uh, Okay, so anyway, this headline from World of Buzz. A local preacher has been slammed for saying supernatural spirits are responsible for autism in children. These are the kind of morons we have to deal with. Seriously. Worse yet, this person is a founder of a kindergarten. She's a local freelance preacher, but she's also the founder of a kindergarten. You are sending your children to this nutbag to have her take care of your kids? I don't know what school she runs, what kindergarten, but I would pull them out of there just like that. You have to be kidding me. She's found herself under fire for claiming that autism and speech delays in children are caused by the disturbances of the djins, which is a local word for genies or spirits. A djinn disturbs and gives the children this illness Because they're weak. That's a quote from this nutbag. Public Health Malaysia took to their Facebook account yesterday and urged the people to stop the stigma toward autism. Absolutely right. Uh, So many accusations towards the parents with autistic children. Some say they don't do a good job in taking care of their children. Some say too much access to gadgets. And now, genes J-I-N-N-S, are at play. Uh, PHM later expressed their stand in solidarity with the parents who are affected by this allegation. No genes, only autistic child who is smarter. As expected, the preacher's statement didn't sit well with netizens. Some of them even shared their experiences raising an autistic child. Uh, Everything is the Jin's fault. I'm not a Muslim, but almost all preachers, regardless of where they're from, have said a similar thing. I have an autistic child, and he's far more talented than any other kid. We've got to be patient in taking care of these special children. Good on you, and well said. I hope this preacher speaks to therapists who treat autistic children. My kid is autistic, has a speech delay and ADHD. But his therapist has not mentioned anything about genes at play. Well, maybe that's because your therapist is a scientist and has been well educated as opposed to this fool. Like I said, you need to pull your kids out of whatever kindergarten this idiot runs, because this is this is beyond stupid. Unbelievable. I uh, let's see, what else we got? We have our book coming up, by the way, Tom Sawyer. will be uh, We've only got about f- three or four more chapters to go, and we're going to move on to another book, which means if you want to make suggestions for what classic book we should do next, head over to the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org. I think there's a link in our show notes. That's where we get all our books from. They're public domain. And let me know which one you'd like me to read next. We look and take your suggestions. So you can either email me, nopants at jsheldon.com, or you can send us a chat or a private message across any one of our platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Rumble. Put it in the comments if you like. Uh, So yeah, we're going to be done probably in the next month, three weeks, two weeks with uh, Tom Sawyer, and we'll be moving on to another book coming up. Check this out. I don't know whether I'm, Believe this or not, but it's cool if it's true. Uh, this is posted from a page called "We Are Proud of Who We Are." It's so weird if if you're listening on the podcast, please look at the video. If nothing else, check out this video. the link is in our show notes. It is an amazing uh, an amazing invention by a Zimbabwean man from Zimbabwe. And uh, he created a source of power that runs on radio waves. This is the strangest thing. See this television here in the video? Well, if you look, it's not plugged in. There are no wires. All there is on the back of the TV is this strange device, which this guy has invented. And this device picks up radio signals, which are coming from, you'll see, there it is, the most celebrated entrepreneur, Maxwell Chikambuso, come up with an innovation, embedded wireless power. You'll see here, and this is the actual thing that uses radio frequency to pull power from the air. It's kind of like a Tesla's invention or theory that, power could be transmitted through the air. Nothing is plugged in. There's no attachments. The only thing powering this television, it's self-powered, are the radio frequencies that are being transmitted through the air. Uh, Again, I know there's a bunch of Nigerian princes who have inheritances, and they email you all the time. And Nigeria is like 3,000 kilometers away from Zimbabwe. But nevertheless, it does tend to make me think mm, maybe not but this if this is true it's strange and the thing is one of the points of this video with the narration is they want to make sure that this guy gets the credit because people will buy an invention like this power companies who are very interested in not making this technology available and shelf it. They'll buy it. They'll buy the patent and they'll just take that, and throw it up on the shelf and you'll never see it again. Because obviously if there's a way to get power out of radio frequencies in the air and you don't need the electric company, that would be a very bad thing for the electric company. I've got to keep this in mind and research a little more on this because it is, if true, absolutely incredible. This is Tesla-type stuff. Very, very cool. The link is in our show notes if you want to both listen to and watch the video and find out more about it. It's from a site called We Are Proud of Who We Are, and uh, it's fascinating. Uh, Listen, uh, watch the video, check out the facts, and find out more about it. And let it go viral. Share it with your friends. Post it on wherever, Twitter, Facebook, so that uh, if this thing gets bought and shelved and we never hear about it again, we'll know where to go looking. They've done that before, you know. There were cars that were designed to run on air and water. Serious. There's a Joe Rogan podcast where he talked to a guy about this. An invention that allowed cars to run on water and air. And that technology was bought by oil companies, car manufacturers, I don't know. Buy the patent, throw it on the shelf, lock the door, and throw away the key. Never to be seen again. All right. Cool beans. Check out the link. Here's another one from World of Buzz. (laughs) I saw this and it caught my attention because I have a steak. Well, it's not a steak, it's a piece of beef. I don't know what, what cut it is. It's probably some garbage. It's been in my freezer for about four months now. It was fresh, and then when I brought it home, I froze it. And it's still there after like four months. Well, the World of Buzz did a really cool story. It's interesting information that you actually might argue because some people are so sure of themselves when it comes to some of these household myths about frozen food. Six myths about frozen food that most Malaysians, and I would venture to say Malaysians, British, Americans, Indians, wherever, worldwide... People believe these things are still true, even though they are not. It's unsafe to refreeze thawed food. That is not the fact. The fact is we can refreeze foods that have been thawed in the refrigerator. That's an important note. If you've thawed it out in the air in your kitchen, just left it on the counter, bacteria can begin to grow. Whereas, if you thaw it out in the refrigerator, take it out of the freezer, put it in the refrigerator, bacteria will not have begun to multiply. So, it can be refrozen, and you're safe to do that. All food can be frozen so that they stay fresh. Not true. Cream based products or foods that have higher water content don't freeze well. Cream cheese, sour cream, yogurt, gravies, custards, those kind of things. And melons, celery, cucumber, lettuce, radishes, they just don't freeze very well. So not all foods, you can freeze them, but they're not going to survive the freezing. Frozen foods can be thawed by running hot water over them. Yes, you can, but what's going to happen is when you cook it, it will cook unevenly. So keep that in mind. If you're in a hurry, you forgot to take the meat out of the freezer and you thaw it out with hot water, you're going to wind up with uneven cooking. Uh, Frozen foods can be... Okay, yeah, no, no, no. Frozen foods are highly processed, so they contain high levels of sodium and preservatives. Sodium or added preservatives are not needed to increase the shelf life of frozen food. A lot of people believe that if it's a, you know, you buy it in the grocery as a frozen food, it's got more sodium and preservatives in it. Not true. You don't need any extra in order for it to survive the freezing. So, yeah. And finally, it's a safe, uh, is it safe to store frozen food in their original packaging? Some packages are permeable to air, which can cause food contamination. So it is not necessarily safe to take your frozen, your food and immediately in the original package just shove it in the freezer. So there you go. There's a bunch of them and uh, check it out. It's from World of Buzz. It's a very cool article and very informative. And stop believing in those stupid myths, all right? Most of them are not true or a version of it is not true. <laughs> all right. Ah, let me do a quick coffee break time. Ooh. And while I'm at it, remind you that this is our show mug. It's got our show logo on it. It's got Miko on it. And you can find this along with all kinds of Miko merch at the link in our description down below in our show notes. It's the very first link at the top, right after the title of the show. And uh, you'll find all kinds of baseball caps, hoodies, T-shirts, mouse pads, stickers, notebooks, coffee cups, of course. And uh, please check it out. Help to support the show. And you'll get some cool stuff in return. That's in our uh, in our Miko merch. All right, you ready? It's Tom Sawyer. As we said, we're getting to the end of Tom Sawyer. So if you want to make a suggestion for what book we should do next, please do give us a private message or put it in the chat. Or send me an email, no pants, N O P A N T S, no pants, at jsheldon.com. I read all your emails and comments and uh, reply as many as I can. And uh, thank you for that. So we are going to move up and move on to the Adventures of Tom Sawyer, written in 1876 by the amazing Mark Twain. Fair word of warning we say this before every reading. Uh, that it was written in 1876, and some of the words used in this book were appropriate in 1876. Today, not so much. That includes the N-word, actually. But there are references and words in this book that are totally inappropriate today. We, however, are reading the book exactly as it was written. So if those words offend you, you hurt your little feelings... uh, you may want to find something else to do for the next 15 minutes or so. Anyway, when we left off, Tom and Becky were still lost in the cave and realized that uh, it might be a while before they, even anybody realized they were gone. So we'll move on into chapter 31. And we're halfway through, actually, chapter 31. The children fastened their eyes upon their bit of candle and watched it melt slowly and pitilessly away, saw the half-inch of a wick stand alone at last, saw the feeble flame rise and fall, climb the thin column of smoke, linger at its top for a moment, and then the horror of utter darkness reigned. How long afterward it was that Becky came to a slow consciousness that she was crying in Tom's arms? Neither could tell. All that they knew was that after what seemed a mighty stretch of time, both awoke out of a dead stupor of sleep and resumed their miseries once more. Tom said it might be Sunday now, maybe Monday. He tried to get Becky to talk, but her sorrows were too oppressive. and all her hopes were gone. Tom said that they must have been missed long ago, and no doubt the search was going on. He would shout, and maybe someone would come. He tried it, but in the darkness, the distant echoes sounded so hideously that he tried it no more. The hours wasted away, and hunger came to torment the captives again. A portion of Tom's half of the cake was left. They divided and ate it. But they seemed hungrier than before. The poor morsel of food only whetted desire. Shh! Did you hear that? Both held their breath and listened. There was a sound like the faintest far-off shout. Instantly, Tom answered it, and leading Becky by the hand, started groping down the corridor in its direction. Presently, he listened again. And again, the sound was heard, and apparently a little nearer. It's them, said Tom. They're coming. Come along, Becky. We're all right now. The joy of the prisoners was almost overwhelming. Their speed was slow, however, because pitfalls were somewhat common had to be guarded against they shortly came to one and had to stop might be three feet deep might be a hundred there was no passing it at any rate tom got down on his breast and reached as far down as he could no bottom they must stay there and wait until the searchers came they listened evidently the distant shoutings were growing more distant a moment or two more and they had grown gone altogether the heart-sinking misery of it tom whooped until he was hoarse but it was of no use he talked hopefully to becky but an age of anxious waiting passed and no sounds came again the children groped their way back to the spring The weary time dragged on. They slept again and awoke famished and woe-stricken. Tom believed it must be Tuesday by this time. And now, an idea struck him. There were some side passages near at hand. It would be better to explore some of these than bear the weight of the heavy time and idleness. He took a kite line from his pocket, tied it to a projection, And he and Becky started, Tom in the lead, unwinding the line as he groped along. At the end of 20 steps, the corridor ended in a jumping-off place. Tom got down on his knees and felt below, and then as far around the corner as he could reach with his hands conveniently. He made an effort to stretch yet a little further to the right, and at that moment, not 20 yards away, a human hand holding a candle, appeared from behind a rock. Tom lifted up a glorious shout, and instantly that hand was followed by the body it belonged to. Injun Joe. Tom was paralyzed. He could not move. He was vastly gratified the next moment to see the Spaniard taking to his heels and get himself out of sight. Tom wondered that Joe had not recognized his voice and come over, killed him for testifying in court. But the echoes must have disguised the voice. Without doubt, that was it, he reasoned. Tom's fright weakened every muscle in his body. He said to himself that if he had strength enough to get back to the spring, he would stay there, and nothing should tempt him to run the risk of meeting Injun Joe again. He was careful to keep Becky from what it was he'd seen. He told her he'd only shouted for luck. But hunger and wretchedness rise superior to fears in the long run. Another tedious wait at the spring, and another long sleep brought changes. The children awoke tortured with a raging hunger. Tom believed it must be Wednesday or Thursday or even Friday or Saturday now, and the search had been given over. He proposed to explore another passage. He felt willing to risk Injun Joe and all the other terrors, but Becky was very weak. She'd sunk into a dreary apathy and would not be roused. She said she would wait now, where she was, and die. Wouldn't be long. She told Tom to go with the kite line and explore if he chose, but she implored him to come back every little while and speak to her, and she made him promise that when that awful time came, he would stay by her and hold her hand until it was all over. Tom kissed her with a choking sensation in his throat and made a show of being confident of finding the searchers or an escape from the cave. And then he took the kite line in his hand and went groping down one of the passages on his hands and knees, distressed with hunger and sick with bodings of the coming doom and that's chapter 31 we'll move on to chapter 32 coming up in our next stream on wednesday night that's it thank you so much once again just a quick plug a little ask if you wouldn't mind go to wherever you get your podcast apple podcast spotify uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7, and look for I'm Not Wearing Pants, or Jay Sheldon, look for the logo here, and uh, click the follow or subscribe button. We're over 850 weekly downloads, and we're trying to desperately to get to 1,000. I know. It's, it's small potatoes for the big guys, but it means a lot to me. So please, if you don't mind, head over to wherever you get your podcast, search for I'm Not Wearing Pants, this logo, and click follow or subscribe. And thank you so much for doing that. We really appreciate it. All right, I'll see you again on Wednesday night. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night. Snort.